Happy New Year and welcome back. Joe Boyd's Alphabet picks up where it left off with the letter T. It ain't nobody business, baby. Nobody business but mine. It ain't nobody business, baby. Nobody business but my own. Taint. Nobody's business, honey. Nobody's business but mine. Well, yes, I know taint used this way is hardly a proper English word. And I also know that other versions of this song have spelled it with an A. It ain't nobody's business. It ain't nobody's business. It ain't nobody's business. Lord, what we do. Nobody's business. Nobody's business. It ain't nobody's business If I do If I can Tina Turner, Willie Nelson, James Booker, and Louis Jordan and Ella Fitzgerald can spell it properly, why can't Frank Stokes? Well, actually, Stokes pronounces the words correctly. It was just producer Ralph Peer and the Victor Recording Company who wrote it with a T on the label, trying to taint it with a bit of slangy hipness. I was thinking of using Stokes' version as the jumping off point for an exploration of the song itself. But I decided that Frank Stokes was too interesting a character be relegated to such a supporting role. For one thing, his guitar duets with Dan Sane have entranced blues guitarists since the 60s. In the last episode, we heard a Nigerian take on the mesmerizing, interlocking Congolese guitar arpeggios of Sukus. I think Stokes and Sane, who also recorded as the Beale Street Sheiks, are the only guitar tandem who can compare to the Congolese in fugue-like elegance. Street Sheiks pinpoint Stokes and Sane as coming from Memphis, where for 50 years Beale Street rivaled New Orleans Rampart Street or New York's 125th Street as a great white way of African-American entertainment. Stokes played on the streets for medicine shows and for parties, both white and black. He was a favorite of the notoriously corrupt Mayor Crump, often being hired to play at city functions, beginning in around 1915. He understood local politics, as evidenced by his best-known song, now a kind of Memphis anthem. If Mr. Crump don't like it, he ain't gonna have it here. Mr. Crump don't like it, ain't gonna have it here. 
I miss the crumbs, don't like it, ain't gonna have it, yeah. I miss the crumbs, don't like it, ain't gonna have it, yeah. No bell house women, garden drinking, no beer. I miss the crumbs, don't like it, ain't gonna have it, yeah. Stokes was a huge man with a big voice that Ralph Peer had a hard time balancing with the guitars, using a primitive compressor to keep Stokes' vocal peaks in check. Born in 1887, Stokes was one of the oldest of the bluesmen recorded in the boom years of the late 1920s and provides a fascinating window into the pre-blues minstrel songs of the 19th century. His recording of Chicken, You Can Roost Behind the Moon is a typical coon song, reinforcing prevailing white narratives of black men as lazy thieves. But Stokes' rendition turns chicken-stealing into an unapologetic and quixotic quest, no less noble than the Englishman's fox hunt. My old friend Jeff Muldor was one of the first revivalists to fall under Stokes' spell, recording his downtown blues for a 1965 compilation for Elektra Records called The Blues Project. I was present at the two-day-long session for that album, and I can attest that it was John Sebastian, later lead singer of the Love and Spoonful on harmonica, and Bob Dylan on piano. Dylan on piano? Yes. Although his technique was rudimentary, his bobness loved pounding the old Joanna. Jeff still plays downtown blues in his sets. And if he ever comes to a club near you, you should go. I've written one of my newsletters about seeing the London Film Festival screening of a documentary about T-Bone Burnett and Jack White's fascinating experiment in recreating the technology that produced great records like those of Frank Stokes. They brought Los Lobos, Rihanna Giddens, Willie Nelson, Beck, and many other contemporary musicians to a Los Angeles studio kitted out with a single mic, a wire straight to a cutting lathe, and a master disc. No overdubs, no multi-tracking, 
The only thing resembling a fader was moving a voice or instrument closer or farther away from the mic. One of the film's most fascinating scenes involves R&B singer Betty Lavette. Before recording, she talks about how, like many African Americans, she shunned old-time blues when she was young. It was seen as music of the bad old days of segregation and repression. The fact that so many young white kids were into it made her even less keen. She spoke emotionally of how the sexual frankness of recordings like Bessie Smith's Empty Bed Blues made her really uncomfortable. As she put it, white people have been peering voyeuristically at black people's sex lives since the beginning of slavery. Then she admits that Burnett and White have converted her, and she now loves many old recordings she couldn't bear to listen to in her youth. As she moves to the mic, you hear two young white guitarists channeling Frank Stokes and Dan Sane. And Betty starts in singing. Well, of course, what else but... Said my old man, he wrote me a letter. He told me he's gonna treat me better. Nobody's business but mine. Now he wrote this letter, he wrote it, said, Hey, if you're gonna do better, child, you better make haste. Ain't nobody's business but my own. It ain't nobody's business, honey. Watch for T-Bone and Jack's American Epic Sessions coming to PBS and BBC's Arena in March or April of 2016. And you better listen in to the next letter of Joe Boyd's A to Z. Well, it ain't nobody's business, kid, who in the world I do my business with. Still, it ain't nobody's business but mine.